Hey everybody and welcome back to the Fitness First Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Mays, and I have a special guest with me today, Coach Bernardo. Bernardo, tell us about yourself, tell us what you do, why you love it. Hey guys, how are you? Well, Jake, first, thanks so much for the invitation. And well, I am, let's call it physique coach. I don't coach physique athletes, but I focus mainly on body composition. I help my clients to improve their physique, more muscle mass, less fat. That's what I do. I have a master's degree in body composition improvement from a, a university. I won't pronounce it because it's in Spanish, but a university from Spain, <laughs> Universidad Católica de Murcia. And yeah, that's basically it. Awesome. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, I didn't even know universities offered that as like a degree. Is that something that's local to like where you're from or is that, do they offer that in the United States too? No, actually, it's the first master's degree in this topic, like specific for body composition. Uh, where there's only like I am the first promotion, so I was one of the first guys that entered the the degree. Is from a university in Spain that focuses only on sports. So it's like the sports university from Spain. It's a really big name, uh, like in the sports industry in in Europe. And mm-hmm. yeah, they started offering a master's degree that is going to be a hundred percent focused on getting muscle and losing fat. Wow. Well, that's pretty fucking cool, dude. I mean, I, like I said, I, I didn't even know that was a thing that people did. Like I, I had, I got my master's in exercise science as like an umbrella, but I, yeah. I didn't know they offered it in body composition. What's like the number one thing you see people struggle with when they come to you, like specifically for body composition? In terms of what they're doing or like in general? Yeah, I would say just in general. Like, I mean, the thing that like somebody comes to you and they go, Bernardo, I've tried everything. Yeah. But yeah. So what's that one? What's like the main thing you've seen people do wrong with it? Okay. So to be honest, two main things. One, nutrition related is going to be that most people try to have like a really restrictive approach with their diet. They Mm -hmm. think like, okay, I have to quit on sugar, carbs, whatever, you name it. There's a ton of different diets out there. To be honest, I, I don't really keep up with them. But <laughs> yeah, they try to be super restrictive with their diets. And most of the time that won't work because you will be able to follow that for a specific time uh, for a period, let's say one, two, three, whatever weeks. And then it's not something that is sustainable. So people quit their diet and they go back to the same habit. So uh, the main thing when it comes to losing fat, for example, is the diet and is that they're, they can't sustain the approach that they're going. So they don't change the habits. They don't change their eating behaviors and they don't focus on the principles of losing fat. So they just try to delete, eliminate some things from their diet. So that's one thing. And the second thing, when it comes to training, to be honest, two things, and it's a spectrum of course, but a lot of people don't train hard enough. Like that's mm. one of the most common mistakes. Like you may be going to the gym five days a week doing a lot of volume, whatever. But most people in my experience don't train hard enough or the people that actually train hard enough, eh, they don't have the proper technique. So they, eh, a lot of momentum, eh, eh, partial repetitions because they don't go to full range motion, focus on the stretch. So those are the three main things. One for nutrition, two for training that I've seen in my experience with my clients that they like can't, get it right if that makes sense oh yeah no it totally makes sense i i think it is bullshit that i see so many parents especially that will they'll have a baby or a kid or something that they carry around they throw up and down they 
swing them on the swing set. They do all this crazy stuff with a kid who's 20, 30, 40, 50 pounds. And then they go to the gym and they use three pound dumbbells. <laughs> and and I've they're seen like, it. yeah, no, I got the weight training is not working. I'm like, okay, what are you doing? They're like, well, you know, when I do the curls, I, I have the two and a half. So I'm like the two and a half plates. Like, do they, do they make dumbbells that small? And they're like, no, my gym's got the two and a half pound dumbbells. I'm like, yeah, well, no shit, it's not working. Like, why Why would that be enough of a stress on it? Like, how often – is that what you're talking about when you say people, like, like the like the intensity is not high enough? Exactly, yeah. And I actually have seen that I, I am right now in, like, in the in my building where I live. And there's, like, a gym right, be, right behind me. And mm-hmm. I have seen people, like, they're carrying their groceries, which probably are 20 pounds. But when they come to the gym, they use, like, the five-pound dumbbells for chest, you know, like – is not going to work. <laughs> yeah. It's just not going to work. And that's like, that's, that's tough for, I know for me, when I'm, when I'm trying to convince people what the, I love that I have to say like that, like try to convince people because mainstream media and stuff will convince you that, you know, you're at home, you can do all the stuff at home. And like, there's still options at home. I get it, but nothing beats having that full gym set with the cable machines, the dumbbells. You don't necessarily have to use the barbells. I get that that's intimidating for people, but it's it's so hard to get some people to to see that they're like, well, you know, I do, and they then they say they do air squats or lunges at home, and like me and you both know that that's not like full range of motion on either. Also, it's like these partial reps, no resistance, and yes, like uh, I was at uh, LA Fitness a couple years ago, and there was a woman who was doing a lot of her exercising in the pool, and she was at a point that I would say she probably couldn't even get off the ground on her own or she couldn't do like a, a, like a six inch box step up on her own. So maybe yes, maybe for that one circumstance, but I mean, I see people in 35 years old. Like You're not old. You're, you're not old at all. And like, you're not, you're not 500 pounds. Like you don't, you're not at a point where you should be like doing everything in the pool. Cause it's better for you. You know, like, what what's like what's the number one thing people come to you with that like you've just got to you got to shut that shit down like what's that what's that one pet peeve of yours that you're just like no <laughs> that carbs are a bath like to be honest <laughs> I, I think that seven out of ten people that i've worked with think that carbs are bath like no you can't have carbs or i am getting fat because of my carb intake but i really enjoy them so i i will never uh, lose fat you know so i think that that's the one that bothers me the most do you have a do you have your clients weigh themselves yeah yeah uh, how often depends of the client to be honest like if it's someone mm-hmm. who doesn't have any like body image related problems every single day if possible just mm-hmm. to make sure that we have like an average and we don't have any bias up or down yep. of course if it's someone that the scale make them like anxious like Probably once per week, I have a one client right now that she haven't been in the scale probably for six weeks because mm-hmm. she was getting really anxious. But yeah, most of the time, I would say five to seven times per week is like the average for my clients. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's about that's about the same. Like for, for me and the other coaches I've talked to, where do you think the scale anxiety started? To be honest, I think that people have this anxiety put so much value on a number like they think that their value is what makes them worth you know so they think like okay 
if I am dropping fat, I am worth it. I mm-hmm. have more body as a person, you know? So yeah, I, I get it. And that's why I do what I do. Like people want to look better. People want to be healthier, but people think that the only metric that matters when they want to look better is the scale. So if yep. they don't see things going one super fast or in the direction that they wanted, they get a lot of anxiety because of that. And you also know that the scale is not the only metric that you should be using as a coach. It's not the only metric that actually matters. Progress pictures, circumferences are going to tell the full story. You probably, you work with a lot of people probably similar as me in, in the sense that they don't change much their body, their body weight, but their physique is way different because mm-hmm. they have lost fat and they have gained muscle. So they see body uh, recomposition. So yeah, it's not the only metric that actually matters. Yeah. And it, it's crazy to me because most of the people that I've worked with that have been like anxious about the scale, when you talk to them about it, like they tell you that they understand that they're like, yeah, I know. Like, I know the scale shouldn't be the whole thing, but it is, you know? And like, it just sucks. Cause I feel like that's, that stems from people in fitness marketing, not people in fitness, like not, not people like coaches that actually want to help people. It stems from the marketing side of fitness where there are some brilliant marketers out there. I mean, brilliant marketers. It's the same reason that like Ozempic blew up, like brilliant marketers. And they're doing a great job selling this vacation, right? Like when you're selling a vacation, you don't, you don't sell TSA and you don't, you don't sell getting strip searched because like one of the drug dogs smelled something on you like that all sucks. But like once you get to Hawaii, it's great. You love it. You have the best time. I just... I, I'm trying to think of how to phrase this. So wh- why, why do you think, even when people know the scale isn't everything, why do you think they still assign so much weight to it? I think, to be honest, it's a lot, a lot comes from diet culture and people telling you that you have to, less weight, to, to weight less. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people, as you're saying, marketeers, also some pretty shitty coaches out there that say like, okay, you need to reduce your body weight. Like that's the only way that you will be healthier. That's the only way that you look, will look better, you know, which, yeah, there, there are some people that if they lose weight, they will be healthier, but that's not the main goal. The main goal is yeah. to change your habits to be healthier. But as you're saying, like people don't, don't like sell, like, yeah, we're going through this journey in which you are going to change as a person, your lifestyle to get there. They're only saying like, okay, you will wait less. So people tend to attach that value to the scale because they want that. They want the end result and they don't focus too much on the process. And also what other people think about you, like the diet culture has promoted a lot and not that I am anti-diet culture per se. Mm -hmm. I think that there should be a middle ground, but the diet culture is always selling like weight loss. They're not selling like, a transformation they're selling weightless yeah and and uh that kind of brings up another really popular point in today's world and, and I, that's uh spot reduction like doing specific movements and uh doing specific things to reduce fat in those areas tell tell us more about like the truth behind spot reduction is there any truth to it is there no truth to it 
I would say there's any threat to it. Okay, so we have several studies and I've only seen one study that they saw some minor spot reduction and it was only on the apps, but probably mm -hmm. if it's only one study compared to dozens of studies showing the opposite, probably something wrong with the study. Okay, mm -hmm. maybe, uh, yeah, maybe a bad design or whatever. So yeah, to be honest, like you won't be able to reduce fat in certain spot because you're doing this certain type of exercise or this certain type of diet. Unfortunately, it will come down to losing fat overall. And what will dictate where you lose that fat will be your genetics. It's crazy. I've had, I've, I've had clients that they don't accumulate any fat in their midsection. Like that's the dream, you know, and they yeah. accumulate everything in their glutes. And it was a, a, a girl. And I was like, okay, so because of health, you should reduce a little bit your fat because it was a really high fat percentage in her legs and glutes. Mm -hmm. But if you're telling me body composition wise, like how you look, like you're looking fine in terms of your goals because you have a flat stomach and you have a really big glute and legs, you know? So yeah, mm -hmm. it will depend on your genetics. Uh, yeah, women will mostly carry more, like on average around their hips, whatever, but everyone will lose fat differently in terms of spots. You just have to focus on dieting, aka being a calorie deficit to reduce your overall body fat percentage and strength training if you want to make that process one, more efficient, losing more fat overall, and two, if you want to maintain that muscle, which is what people actually want, you know, like they don't want to be just a smaller version of, their, of how they look right now. They want to look, quote unquote, toned. You know, so you need yep. to maintain or build some muscle in that process. So you look, quote unquote, fit as someone you want to look like, you know? Oh, yeah. And boy, do I fucking hate that word tone. I really do. I, and don't get me wrong, I use it and I, I don't love it. I, I only use it because sometimes you just got to meet people where they are, you know? And, and I, I heard uh, somebody say once, you know, that like you can't help anybody till you sell them on what you're doing. And, if somebody comes in and I use words like lean muscle mass, like, Hey, we're going to build lean muscle mass. And as soon as I say lean muscle mass, I will lose so many women, so many, some men, but mostly women. And, and yeah. they, they just, that's not what they want. They don't want lean muscle mass. They want to be toned, but me and you know that to get toned, we build lean muscle mass, which helps us burn body fat. And then we look toned. It is, yeah. An infuriating thing to hear people say. It. <laughs> it's an infuriating thing to hear people say, I don't want to get too bulky. By accident? I wish that I, I <laughs> am bulky. You know, like that's that's my dream. I have been working out for seven plus years right now to look bulky and I am not there. So yeah, I hate oh. it too. But again, as you were saying, like it people don't think like you have to build muscle. They want to quote unquote look tone. They don't realize mm -hmm. that there's a process behind it of building muscle. But yeah, I get it. And it's frustrating to be honest. As a coach, I think it's frustrating to pe people coming to you like, yeah, I build muscle super fast, so I don't want to train too hard. I want to focus <laughs> on getting tone. That's not how it goes. No, and, and like the the worst is uh, so I, I used to compete in CrossFit for a while, and uh, the girls in CrossFit especially, like I mean, they're jacked, shredded. I mean, they're yeah. bigger bigger than a lot of men that I know. And women will like come come to me and be like, "Hey, you know, like I saw you were competing in CrossFit. Like, I don't want to look like that." 
for I don't like and they'll pull up a picture of like the girl who won the CrossFit Games, like somebody who's dedicated <laughs> their entire fucking lives to doing one thing. And they're like, yeah, I'm a mom of three. I have time to work out two days a week. And, you know, I'm going to eat right 70% of the time. But I don't want to look like her. And I'm like, trust me, you fucking won't. <laughs> you you never will. Look. Yeah, like that girl is the fittest woman on the planet. And she trains like it. And they're like, so yeah, it, but <laughs> in short, yes, all of that is very frustrating. Uh, so coming back to the the scale... This is something that I think a lot of people see, and I think you could probably lend some expertise to this. Why Why does the scale not always go down? You know, like, that's a huge thing for people. Sometimes it goes up. Sometimes it goes up when they weight train, when they eat carbs. Can, can you lend a little bit more advice to people as to why that happens? Yeah. To be honest, it can be a lot of different things. Yeah. One, the, I think that's the dream. Like, you're losing fat and you're gaining muscle at the same time. Like. That's the best thing that could ever happen to you if you're focusing to improve your physique. And sometimes it happens. Like I've had clients that they lost only one kilogram, two pounds, but their physique is completely different because they yep. were new to the gym or they weren't training hard before. So that's one reason. And yeah, we're in an industry that we promote like the most efficient thing. So there's a lot of people out there saying like, no, body recomposition shouldn't be the goal. The goal should be like, you should focus on getting muscle or losing fat. I don't agree with that because there's a lot of people even people that have been training for a while, that they haven't been doing things as optimal as they could. And when you change certain things, they see both the recomposition. So that's one thing. But on the day-to-day basis, like there's a couple of things. How much water you drank the day before. If you're more hydrated or dehydrated, that's going to affect how much uh, you weight the next morning. Because mm-hmm. we are made of 60 to 70% of water, you know? So that's one thing. How much carbs you had the previous night and the previous night and so on. Because we have a storage of carbs, glycogen in our muscles, in our body, in our liver. If you have more carbs or less carbs, that storage can be affected. And which mm-hmm. with each gram of glycogen in our body, you can store also around three grams of water with it. So if you're reducing your your um, glycogen levels, let's say by 50 grams, you're going to reduce also 150 grams of uh, water. That's half a pound just because of how much carbs you had, the amount of volume you had the previous night. So right now, before the podcast, I had like a huge salad. Calorie-wise, it was 250 calories, not much. Mm. But it was a really huge salad with a lot of things that... Food has weight, right? And it will show up in the scale tomorrow. Another thing, for women, hormonal fluctuations can have a lot of impact. How much salt you had last night, how much fiber you had last night or last day. So there's a lot of things that will have an impact on your body weight. So that makes me come back to your question before. How many times do you recommend weighting or your clients weighting themselves? That's why it's important to weigh in yourself a couple of times per week because there will be a lot of fluctuations. And you can even see fluctuations of 2% from one day to another. So if your body weight is 150 grams, you can see a difference of three pounds from one day to another. Not so normal, but it can happen, right? Mm -hmm. So if you have an average of multiple weightings uh, of, of, uh, of the week, 
you'll have a more stable thing and not a bias of the higher or the lowest. Oh, okay. yeah. I mean, yeah. I, like, I, and so this is all stuff that I try to tell my clients all the time because the the hard part, at least for me, has been to become a broken record. So like their physique's changing. That's great. They look better. That's great. But the scale is still just like, you know, it's like a jump rope. It's just, it's just going around and around. It's up and down. And, uh, and even on the app I use, like for them to track, like you can see a slope downward, which is obviously what we want, right? Like the trend down, but even from like resistance training and your muscles are trying to repair themselves. So they pull in fluid to help repair the muscles and that affects the weight. And like you were saying before, when people haven't ever trained hard before, and then they start really breaking down that tissue, well, that affects the scale a little bit. and. I've, I've, the hard, again, the hard part is for the fifth time, the 10th time reassuring <laughs> the person who's nervous about it, that it's okay. Uh, this happens to everybody. It's okay that it's not going down all the time. Have you ever, have you ever worked with somebody that's like come from a, like a weight loss clinic? Like I know weight loss isn't your thing. It's more of the, it's more physique, but have you, have you ever like had to work with somebody that, that went through one of those programs? No, to be honest, no. Okay. Oh, well, I mean, it's fine. I, I, I know coaches that have. I don't think I have. I mean, like, I have clients that have had weight loss surgeries, like, uh, like the gastric yeah, bypass stuff. But, uh, I mean, the type of horror stories that they describe from these clinics, it, I mean, I think is is why people struggle so bad with it. They like basically a lot. Some of them are even just like a front. So for six weeks, they just put you on some horrible diet. It's like all liquid, you know, you're supposed to work out as hard as you can, which a lot of them don't even do. And then once you plateau or if it doesn't work, that's when they get to recommend you for weight loss surgery. And so they charge you a shitload of money to do this like bullshit diet with them. And then you've got to pay even more money to do the weight loss surgery afterwards. And so then a guy like you is coming around with a master's degree in body composition trying to tell people that it's okay that the scale doesn't change all the time. And they're like, well, this, this fucking doctor I worked with was, was telling me that it's, that I'm going to drop 50 pounds when I wake up, you know? And (laughs) I, I feel like even from a selling aspect of like what you're doing, do you, do you feel like there's any pushback from people when you're like trying to, to onboard a client? Let's say, do you feel that pushback from people? When I first started coaching a lot, like I really, really had a problem, like not getting increased people wanting to work with me, but selling. Like mm-hmm. maybe I'm not as good at selling as I think. <laughs> I'm not that good, but yeah, it, 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 there was a push up uh, from people telling me, like, that our coach told me that I can lose X amount of weight in this time if I follow this. And yeah, that's a good marketing uh, strategy, like scarcity, promising the results that you want. But mm-hmm. the why I don't do that? Because I could promise like, okay, you will look like this at certain point if you follow this, this, and this. It's because for some people, it won't be realistic because of yep. how busy they are. How much effort can they put in the gym, in their diet, how much social life they have because of their jobs, you know? So a lot of different things can impact. And also, if they're new to lifting, they will see this 
barely any change in, in the scale, but a lot of change in body composition. So yeah, I totally get that. Right now, I don't get that much like resistance from people because I think that I have built an audience that it's a little bit more educated uh, mm-hmm. on the topic. Uh, people that have already been lifting for a while or that they have tracked macros before and they know how that works. So yeah, right now, no. But at the beginning, I had a, a problem with that. And actually like, at the beginning, a lot of my family members wanted to work with me, like one, because they needed it, but also a support. Yeah. But when I explained how the process worked and I was super upfront with it, like you may not see any change in the scale because you have as a male, a 40% body, uh, a 40 body fat percentage level, like you are mm-hmm. overweight. It's mm-hmm. pretty easy that you're going to lose fat and gain muscle because you have never gone to the gym before or exercise before. You won't see a decrease in the scale. And they were, they said like, no, so this is not the problem for me because I'm motivated by the decrease in the scale. What's the, what's the first thing you would do, uh, with somebody's macros when they come to you? Like, so they, you know, they want to build muscle, they want to burn body fat. They've been lifting for a little while, but you know, like haven't seen the results that they wanted to do. What, what would be the first thing you either check or change about their macros? First, check if they're, they have been adherent because a lot mm-hmm. of people don't see the results they want because they are not adherent. And what happens is their diet, their diet is perfect from Monday to Friday, but Saturday and Sunday, they blew it up. So that's the first thing that I see. And what I do is the first week for most people, it depends on the person, but for most people, the first one to two weeks, if they are already tracking macros, I start at maintenance level to see mm-hmm. like, uh, actually not a maintenance level. I just tell them start tracking, okay? Oh, no okay. goals, no calorie surplus, no calorie deficit, no nothing. Just track because I want to see how they're eating, okay? And we work on some habits at the beginning. So that's the first thing. Now, if I need to change something because they they are following the plan, they um, they, 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 they uh, are adhering to the program, to be honest, nutrition-wise won't be that much. It's mainly when mm. they're following the program, in my experience, it's mainly their training that they have to okay. change, either okay. intensity, either volume, or technique. So, yeah, that's my experience, but probably it's different to other coaches as well. Yeah, sure, but not every coach has a master's in body composition, so that's why we'll, <laughs> so, we'll, yeah, we'll ask you and defer a little bit. The, the, the main thing will be, like we talk about training, like I have been following the program. I have been doing everything. And that's actually the type of client that I'm getting the most right now. So that's why I talk with mm-hmm. a lot of uh, confidence right now. It's one, the intensity. They don't train close to failure, even if they think so. And the second mm-hmm. thing is it, technique. Like their technique, it's really, really bad. Okay. So if we're talking like uh, an advanced, let's call it advanced athlete, like someone that has been lifting for five, six plus years and they are plateaued. They have been training for the past two years with the same level of fitness, like muscle mass, whatever. Most of the time is technique. Like they are doing things that can be way better, but they don't know why. They don't understand anything about biomechanics, mix biomechanics, which I understand. Like it's not their job to know that, you know? So yeah, yeah, that's the thing that, that, comes to my mind like one intensity and if that's covered it will be technique okay yeah no i mean i i just think a lot of people listening probably are in that like first step phase and so you know they 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 know something's not working 
and they're they're thinking about taking it. I won't say they're ready. I'll say they're thinking about taking a first step to change. And so when you have somebody start with you, let's say they're moderately experienced, you know, they, they've been lifting, but you know, maybe not on a structured program. They've just, they're a bro, you know, they've been going in the gym, they've been hitting the buys and the tries, just not like a full program. They hit legs once a week. You know, what would, what would you say would be your biggest change for programming for them? Would it be volume or generally is it intensity that they, you know, they gotta, they gotta push it harder. Okay. So the first program that I work is like the first thing that I work in the first mesocycle in the first training program will be technique just to make sure okay. if I see like, okay, hey, if he has decent technique, like decent, it will be intensity. I think that most people don't have the problem of not doing enough volume. Like a lot of people mm. actually might be doing too much. Like I've okay. seen people in the gym going and doing like 20 sets of chest in the same session. <laughs> like that's not even what I do or my clients do in the whole week. And they train that muscle two to three times per week. So wow. to be honest, it's the intensity. Like I go in there, I watch the videos because I watch videos of every one of my clients. And I say like, okay, this was a 10 reps in reserve. Like that's not a lot close to failure. So my recommendation, if you think that you might be this one is Take a set to failure, only one set, like choose one exercise and take one set to true failure. Okay. But when you think you have two reps in reserve, two reps in the tank, say it out loud, like two and continue doing, you will notice that probably you have six, seven, or even eight more reps. Right now I work with a training partner. She's a friend of mine. And when we first started working together, working out together, like I said, okay, go to failure. And she stopped and I say, okay, one more, one more, one more. She actually got 10 more repetitions. Like it was like a warm up, but she was like, yeah. okay, this is hard. I'm not saying it was not hard. It might be hard, but it's not hard enough to see the results that you want. So I understand why people don't train this hard. A lot of people, as I was saying, like they train with really high volumes, decrease the volume by half, but focus on every single set taking to three or two reps in reserve, and then you will see the difference. Like it's going to take you the same, same, same amount of time to perform the same workout because you will need more time, uh, more rest time between sets because you will feel like I can go 30 seconds, 60 seconds and perform another set again, which most people do, you know? Yeah. And yeah. just for you to know, I am not an advocate of low volume. I, my philosophy is train with as much volume as you can while still recovering and, well, if you have the time. But most yeah. people train with too much volume, and because of that, they don't train with enough intensity. And they run out of time. I mean, volume takes time to get through, right? Like, yet you get 10 sets of 10. That shit takes forever. And I mean, so yeah. if you are if you don't have a lot of time in the gym, like, we need to make the most of it. All right, last question before I exit us out here. Uh, have, so have you seen the movie Pumping Iron from the 70s? I have seen it, but probably it was like eight years ago, and I have the oh. worst memory. <laughs> oh, man. I was, my last question was, does that shit annoy you? You know, because like... I, to be honest, I, I can't mean, remember too much. <laughs> I, well, because I, lo I love Arnold. Like, I love Pumping Iron. That's all great. But it was bodybuilding in the 70s. And or 70s and 80s, he wrote the Encyclopedia of Bodybuilding, which was basically just his account of like things that worked for him when he was roided out of his skull. 
and people like especially older men still do it they still <laughs> do it i i've legitimately had conversations with people on linkedin and on facebook about like becoming a client and onboarding them and they were like yeah i don't know i do and then they kind of list it out they kind of talk about their program and i'm like did you read is that from the inside is that, is that from bodybuilding and he was like yeah and i'm like no, like he was training to be a professional <laughs> bodybuilder. That's not what you're doing. And so I guess that kind of negates the question. Other that, than that's actually funny because I remember a little bit and what I can remember is they were training with really high volumes. And there was like a couple of months ago a video of Arnold circulating on social media that really I really laughed out loud because he was saying like, okay, so your, for your for your chest workout, first you hit your barbell press, then you hit the incline barbell press, then you hit the dumbbell press, then you hit the incline dumbbell press, then yeah. you hit the dumbbell flies, and then you go to the cable flies. That's six exercises. And yeah. he was doing that for three to four sets. So he was getting 18 to 24 sets per session. That's not going to work for you if you're a newbie or an intermediate athlete. That's too much volume. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's that's actually that's actually it. That's like the whole movie, and that's like that's what he preaches. That's what he does. Go watch Pumping Iron, and then message me on Instagram if you if you. I'm sorry, I know you're you got so much going on. If you have two hours to kill one day, and you want to be probably annoyed, watch it, and then come back and we can talk about it. But I will. Ultimately, I will. Bernardo, thank you so much for coming on, man. Uh, this has been awesome. Can you just tell everybody where they can find you if they'd like to work with you? Well, thank you so much. And well, Instagram coach.bernardo or my website coachbernardo.com. As simple as that. Awesome. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the Fitness First podcast. Bernardo, thank you for coming on and we will see you next time.